Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The Hornets set a bunch of offensive records last night. They set records, David, but was it Kimball Walker's best game in teal and purple? And we get down with a little box score boogie. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Five and one, and it feels so good. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Happy election day, Doug. As P. Diddy said, mo money, mo problems. He also said voter die. So either one you want to apply today to. It's up to you. Probably voter die. I'm Kemba Walker, and I approve this message. Yeah, it's election day. Go. I mean, we've got the coverage tonight. That's why Locked on Hornets Live will not be on YouTube or on the At The High Facebook page tonight, unfortunately. But we will be back next week bringing it strong. So if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube site yet, youtube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets, do it. We'll be back next week with more of that great video coverage we've provided so far this season. Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easiest way to buy and sell tickets online. Download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code LOHORNETS and get $20 back on your first purchase. It's a perfect time to pick up Hornets tickets for later this week because they're on a roll, baby. They are on a roll. Speaking of tickets, we're going to do our first ticket giveaway of the season. This one, for, yeah, this one for two lower level seats to Hornets Hawks on November 18th. All you have to do is like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Locked on Hornets, and keep an eye out for the ticket giveaway post, and we'll let you know on this show when that post goes up. And we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest growing podcast network in the world. All right, David, let's start in Spectrum Center, where the Hornets were cooking Kimba was serving, and the Pacers were on the menu. The scoring came in bunches for the Hornets early. Avoiding a slow start was an emphasis pregame. Here's Cody Zeller after the game with Hornets.com. With Hornets.com's Aaron Gladwell. We haven't had a good start uh, to a game all season, uh, so it was a big emphasis for us to come out with a lot of energy to start with, and uh, we kept it, kept it going throughout the game. 
they certainly did that. The Hornets scored on their first 13 possessions. Hornets get up by 20, but the Pacers make a 12 to nothing run against the second unit and cut the lead to 9 to the second quarter. The Pacers treating the basketball with criminal negligence, David. Charlotte turns 18 Pacers turnovers into an astounding 35 points. They go into the locker room with 75 points. That ties a franchise record set twice in 1993. Fast forward a few minutes into the third quarter, and it's Kimball Walker getting his ninth and tenth assist to, ex- to extend the lead to 23. Kimba finished with 24 points, 10 assists, two steals, and here's the kicker, only one turnover. Kimba wasn't yeah. the only one sharing the ball. The Hornets finishing this one with 30 team assists. Starters not necessary in the fourth quarter. The Hornets cruise 122 to 100 to move to 5 and 1, their best start in franchise history. Steve Clifford after the game praised his team's ability to attack the paint and hurt the Pacers defense with a relentless series of pick and rolls. When we're taking threes where the ball hits the paint, and we have the ability to get the ball going to the basket, we're very difficult to guard. When we have those possessions where the ball sticks a little bit or it's not a good screen or it's not a good attack and you just play around the perimeter, you know, like I was talking to a couple of guys during the game, it looks good and you put no pressure on the defense. All right, David, a 5-1 and one start for the Hornets. You know, we've talked a lot about them getting to slow starts in games, but we've ignored the fact that, that they are on a hot start. No matter the opponent, they are on a hot start. A lot to love in this game. What had you beaming with excitement the most? Doug, it's not often you look up and see MKG with 10 points and the other team with 10 points. I mean, that was amazing to me. Were you surprised at all? I'll throw a quick question back to you. We'll Mm -hmm. start this volley off real fast. I mean, were you surprised? They went to him like, what, three times out of the gate? Um, And he had some of those across-the-lane scoopers, and they were going. Well, surprised, yes, because MKG has been absent uh, from the offense. He's got one of the lowest usage percentages on the team. But I'm mm-hmm. most impressed by how ready the Hornets were for this one. I think they stayed yeah. up late and did their homework. It, it all started with uh, what you were talking about, exposing a mismatch that Indiana set up by putting Monta Ellis on MKG defensively. Yeah. They wanted to get Paul George, obviously, defending Nick Batum. So MKG had eight of the first 11 Hornets points. But Man. then after that, David, they started attacking the pick and roll because Jeff Teague could not stay with Kemba Walker at all, which allowed him mm-hmm. to shift and move that defense, basically uh, getting the defense to do whatever he wanted them to do. And then Miles Turner and Thad Young, I thought, had some real issues, whether it be communication or or just uh, not being able to stay with that pick and roll coverage. It allowed both Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller to slip through driving lanes. And then once the lineups broke, I thought the Hornets did a great job of finding Frank Kaminsky for a few buckets and Ramon Sessions for a few drives once the Pacers went with their yeah. sort of jumbo package. They got Al Jefferson, Lavoy Allen, and Paul George in there. That's a pretty big, pretty slow lineup, and the Hornets made their adjustments and the second unit took advantage. Yeah, and those turnovers you mentioned, I mean, they created a lot of those fast break points the Hornets did with turnovers and active hands. And they always talk about deflections. I mean, we know they chart those deflections and they really value those as a good sign of playing good defense and that those will lead directly to positive points. So uh, they were getting their hands on a lot of balls early and getting out and running. And, of course, free throws were big again. I mean, they are getting to the line with great efficiency and converting this year, and that was the same way last night. So I was glad to see some of those guys finish, 
especially your boy Ramon, uh, who has had some difficulty finishing. Ramon. Uh, but he, he, he got a circus one to go last night and, and Frank as well, finishing strong in there and getting to the line. So, I mean, that is exactly what you want to see. I know you guys out there were looking for the Hornets to get off to a quick start after all these starts. And it's clear that, you know, they knew that too, right? I mean, that was obvious. They were, they were going to get out and try to get out to a quick start. And you still had guys like, uh, Batum who was being aggressive. But to me, I mean, that really stuck out that they were trying to get MKG going, or or they saw that mismatch, as you mentioned, right? And so to have that third guy get him going before Kimba even really got warmed up was a big boost. Yeah, and Clifford said it after the game. They asked they asked him, you know, why do you think the team got off to a great start? And he basically said, look, the guys were just tired of getting off to bad starts. So, you know, a lot of this comes yeah. down with players getting together, less that, less so than coaches imploring them. It's It's players getting together and saying, look, we're tired of this. Uh, this is not how uh, we want to play basketball. Take it anymore. No, exactly. And this is a this is a team that's a pretty high character and 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 really motivated. And you know, I think they they just decided they were done and they were playing a good team. And they're playing a team that historically, at least last season, they were very successful against. Three, they swept the season series. And, and Kimba has had several good games against the Pacers. And and it really it started with him. I, I want to get back to this for sure. Uh, but David, the NBA season is back. The Hornets are beating all kinds of expectations, and they have two more home games this week. It's time to make a trip to Spectrum Center, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for Hornets games or any game you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the arena to see this slick Hornets ball movement or the enormous jumbotron they've installed this season. It is uh, primo. It is beautiful. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, where wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, or the upper level. It's easier than ever with this free SeatGeek app. I have it on my phone. It's the only one I use because it tells me where the good deals are in one convenient, clean, easy app experience. And that's very important to me. I want it to be clean, easy, and, and no frills, no fuss. Just give me the good deals. That's what SeatGeek does. Best of all, our hardcore Hornets fans get a $20 rebate off their first purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code LO Hornets. That's LO Hornets. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Hornets today. All right, David, let's get back to this game. Kimball Walker, we have to mention this seven assists in the first quarter, 10 assists overall for the game. His first, probably no more, none of those assists more beautiful than his first one, the wraparound no look pass to Cody Zeller. Uh, it was art. It was art. It and, was, and it's not the it first no look pass we've seen from him this season. <laughs> I mean, he's just. Bring him back. I'm telling you, he he is um, he's looking for the pass, and I and I thought he came into this game, you know, if you look uh, last season, I mentioned this on Twitter last season, Kimba Walker, or excuse me, in 2016, he's had three ten assist games, and they've all come against the Indiana Pacers. So there's something that Kimba Walker sees uh, in in this matchup with Indiana that he knows he can look for the pass, and he certainly did that. I mean, that wraparound pass, that behind-the-back pass in traffic to Cody Zeller, 
that's the type of stuff you see. I mean, you're starting to see from this team, the familiarity, uh, the working together. And that was just a pleasure. It was just, I mean, were the was there a collective gasp like a like a oh oh in the building? I mean, it really sounded like that one. That's what I did on my couch. Oh oh, my family's like, are you okay? Like, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I can't. I'm not going to mimic the sound from the crowd. But they were they were impressed all night. The crowd was. It was. I thought it was a great crowd for a Monday night. You know, Monday night crowds Monday night. can always yeah. be hit or miss as people are. You know, they're coming off the weekend. They're not necessarily thinking about attending a basketball game, but uh, the uh, one of the uh, stadium attendants said that they were expecting ten thousand people, which again, you know, nowhere near a sellout, but that's a good sized crowd for a Monday night, and the crowd was excited. They were, and I think, look, you win, you go five and one. People are people are starting to talk now, and it's yeah. starting to seep into talking. the people. people are saying. The people are saying. And it's seeping into the horn to the Panthers discussion a little bit. You know, the Hornets are starting to make some headway, and uh, if they continue this run, uh, I, I definitely see big crowds ahead for for these Hornets. Got to talk about this MKG injury. Uh, he left the game uh, about midway through, and we got the word that he had a, some kind of sore lower back issue. He did come back and start the second half, but I thought he looked. And I used the word labor on Twitter, and uh, Steve Clifford after the game said he was laboring around, and you could tell. I mean, he was saving all of his movement for when he had to get one-on-one with Paul George, but as he moved in open space, he looked stiff. He did not look like the free-flowing, fluid uh, mover that we've been used to seeing uh, out of MKG. Um, day-to-day is his official uh, prognosis right now. Uh, Steve Clifford saying there was no particular play, David, that, that caused it. It's actually been sore, so this has sort of been uh. a, an issue. He'll get treatment, and they'll see where he is later today and give some kind of assessment about his availability for Wednesday. So not the wor- in, yeah, ter- in terms of MKG news, that's not the worst news we could have gotten, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's certainly, you know, this team just seems to be attracting these nagging injuries. Yeah, I didn't even see it. I mean, there was some talk about it on, uh, I guess, on Twitter and various social media channels, and you text me something about it. I'm like, what? what are you guys talking about? I didn't see him get hurt. I didn't see him go out. And then he comes back in and starts the second half. Um, but clearly tweaked something. I mean, gosh, man, you just obviously we're not mad at MKG. I mean, obviously we want him to be healthy, and uh, all of you guys do too. It's just oh, they got to be super careful, I guess. Um, they can't really afford to lose many more guys, Doug, especially not MKG. It was important, David. I think that he did start the second half because you wanted to get out there and 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 put this thing away and set the tone for that first half. But yeah. I'm glad they got him out of there when they did because he, you know, without without his explosiveness, I mean, I, I'll take it still, I'll take a 75% MKG over most players because of how smart he is um, and, and where he knows where he wants to be on the floor at all times. And he still had the ability to go one on one on defense with Paul George, but he really wasn't able to do anything offensively because uh, I'm sure he was in a lot of pain. So again, he'll get treatment. And it's probably something that, I mean, if I had to guess, you know, sore lower backs, those tend to linger. I think it could be something that he's dealing with, 
you know, and getting treatment for uh, for a while. So we'll we'll have to keep yeah. an eye on it, and and hopefully uh, MKG will be available to play because you know you saw it in in a matchup early on against Monte Ellis. It was very he was very important, but. Uh, he's also been extremely valuable on defense as well, even when and rebounding, even when his offensive game hasn't been there. Uh, one more point on this one before we get to uh, a very special segment coming up. Al Jefferson, we have to mention him. He got a nice ovation, and they made a they made a little video compilation for him in the arena, thanking him for his years of service in Charlotte. He went six of 11, 12 points, nine rebounds, a couple of nice baseline spins, some moves that uh, were very familiar to the Hornets fans who were uh, watching in Spectrum Center. He got some good matchups and got into a groove offensively, I thought, for the first time this season. So I had a feeling that being back in Charlotte would kind of get him, because he was only averaging 4.8 points before this game. So I had a feeling this one would would kind of get him into a little bit of a groove. Uh, but at least he didn't, he didn't get into too much of a groove, and that was good for the Hornets. Not exactly uh, a recipe for success in a, for a big out game being down 20 or whatever, right? I mean, a fast-paced game like that. But it was nice to kind of see him get his, you know, do his thing. I'm sure they mentioned on the broadcast, you know, when he saw Frank Kaminsky out there guarding him, he, he got pretty excited. <laughs> I'm sure they they put put those moves on him. Uh, that was me licking my practice. lips, by the way. That was that that sound oh, effect okay. that I, I that was like, that sound effect that I created there on my own. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what it's going to yeah. sound like on the actual podcast. <laughs> I don't want to tell you, but just look forward to that. I want to listen back. Um, yeah, rough game for uh, rough game for the Pacers. I mean, we should mention. You know, they've been talking about it all week leading up to this game, or, or just in preview of this game. The Pacers' defense—it's uh, not, not great, great, Doug. Well, uh, no, hold on, great. hold on. Actually, we mentioned this during the preview. So, th- yes, their defense. It's basically when their defense has been good, which has been when they play at home, they've created a ton of turnovers. They've been able to get a lot of steals, a lot of blocks, and and turn those into points. But it was actually the Hornets doing that. Uh, again, I mentioned in the uh, in the recap, 18 turnovers for the Pacers that the Hornets got into transition with and turned into 35 points. That's that's more than a quarter's yeah. worth of points off of turnovers. And, and they weren't able to do that to the Hornets. The Hornets uh, did a great job of protecting the basketball. That was a key going into this one. And, yeah, their defense really, you know, it was it, – the Hornets threw a lot of pick and rolls their way. I mean, one, two, three times in, in, in one possession. And eventually they, they were able to get – at whatever point in the possession, they were eventually able to get the Pacers out of position and then attack – and and every it seemed like everyone was making great decisions with the basketball. Uh, that play of the game, you remember when they they attacked the paint and then the ball rotated four times to find Kimball Walker again for a three pointer. Uh, those were yep. the kind of plays that were happening all night because the Pacers uh, they said they didn't look like they just really had the energy either on defense or offense to compete with the Hornets on that night. Well, yeah, you heard what Paul George said after the game. He's like, I didn't you know, tell me. We don't. He was very critical, uh, very down on his team, very critical, saying, you know, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, you know, we don't care. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not trying. Uh, there's no energy, and so he was pretty down on on his Pacers team. And after a beatdown like that, I mean, look, Hornets fans have been on the other side of that plenty of times, so that can be demoralizing. And when you're a team like the Pacers, that some people have picked them, they know finish as high as second uh, in the East certainly challenge up there for the top of the east 
it's just not going well. I mean, they're, they're trying to mix in a new coach with Dave McMillan, trying to mix in some new philosophies. So there's going to be struggles. But, I mean, that first quarter, we should mention, Doug, record-breaking, record-setting, record-tying first quarter and then record-breaking first half of scoring. Am I right? That is that is correct, David. And I have to give a quick hat tip and a how do you do to Marco Bellinelli because I think he represented something that made the Hornets successful last night, and that's quick decision making with the basketball. You know, his box score yeah. line wasn't impressive uh, relative to some of the other players like Kimba Walker, but he, he hit a few big shots. But more importantly, when he got the basketball, he was moving quickly. First of all, he was moving quickly off the ball. But then when he got mm-hmm. the basketball, he was making quick decisions. Sometimes they were a little too quick, <laughs> the one that he threw over the back of his head. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna put that. I'm going to put that on my rookie, dog. I'm going to put that That's on my rookie. That's fine. That, but it was still, it was a little bit of a circus pass. You, you got to, you got to. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was spicy. We'll, we'll leave the no look passes to Kemba Walker. It was it was a little spicy meatball um, that had probably a fifty fifty <laughs> shot of finding its it target. Over, it was a two handed over the head reverse pass. I mean, let's 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 paint right. it in the, with the right brush. Right. It was more than the no look. <laughs> the point, right? But the point is that he was making quick decisions, and that was representative of the entire yeah. Hornets' offense last night. Quick decisions. Uh, they they always knew where they wanted to go with the ball. It was decisive. And you combine that with the effort that the Pacers were giving on defense, and that's why the Hornets were able to score 122. So I'm looking at this box score, David. I want to frame it. I want to save it for my children and my children's Mm. children. There's only one way that we can properly celebrate a box score like this one. And you know how we're going to do it, David. It's time to box score boogie. Sweet, sweet jams. Uh, box score boogie. Okay, this game is simple. David and I are each packing some stat sheet heat. One of us drops a number. The other one guesses how it relates to the box score. David, I'm so excited. I just hit my headphones off my head. David, you're up first. <laughs> All right, Doug. The first number appropriately is one. The one is the loneliest number. Let's see. Is that, um, I don't know, is that the, the the number of times Paul George thought about kicking the ball into the stands? That seems a little low for that number. Too soon, Doug. Way too soon. <laughs> uh, that is, surprisingly, the number of rebounds for MKG, the, the leading small forward rebounder in the NBA going into that game or coming out of the weekend. Only one rebound last night. Yeah, well, you know, it was there weren't a lot, not a lot of, of not that. a lot of missed shots. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, you know, you look across his box score line, very interesting. One rebound, one assist, one steal, one block, one personal foul, a lot of ones on MKG's stat line. But here's the the number I like on his four, four to four from the field. A thousand. How about five of five? How about a couple more bonus numbers? Five of five from the free throw line. One hundred percent like that. And let, but, yeah. Well, no, go say what you, say what you no, want to no. say. Well, as long as we're just going through this whole uh, <laughs> stat line, <laughs> a plus minus. We never bring up the plus minus. A plus, a plus twenty seven for MKG last night. Plus twenty seven. Well, I'm going to give you a plus minus number minus twenty eight. Oh boy, minus twenty eight. Pick a pacer. Pick a pacer. Any pacer. You're you're you've got a probably one in five shot here. Uh. 
That's uh, half of the Beatles, Paul George. No, it's uh, Monta Ellis. His plus minus, minus 28. And we talked about it. He was abused by MKG early on. And then the Hornets were able to get him into foul trouble, five fouls. I thought it was key. I mean, if you, you talk about one guy who can who can uh, turn on the microwave and heat things up very quickly, it's Monta Ellis. He wasn't able to do that in this game because the Hornets had him very frustrated. It was actually C.J. Miles, who our friend Tom Lewis from Locked On Pacers pointed out is having a really good start to the season. Uh, C.J. Miles yeah. was able to turn on the scoring, but really no one else. They needed Paul George to have a Kimba-like game, and instead Paul George kind of had a Nick Batum-like scoring game. And uh, doing everything else, though, I mean, he had uh, plenty of rebounds and assists, but they needed another scorer. Well, they really needed someone to defend, but um, they didn't get that either. Yeah. All right, what's your next number? Yeah. Next number is six. Six. Uh, is that the uh, number of people that literally peed themselves when they saw MKG go into the locker room? Oh, that was that's a much higher number. That was that was just in one row, right I, beside the exits. I did. Um, yeah, it was me. It was gross. Uh, that is the number of three point attempts from Frank Kaminsky. Unfortunately, zero were converted. Doug, did you have some trouble with that? Uh, no, it was you know it was an off night. I, I think actually Frank Kaminsky. Well, okay, here's the thing. So I think he's played consistently. His defense is improving, though it it had a long way to go to begin with. So, you know, you're still going to see some issues with him defensively. But it was an off night. I think he's provided a scoring punch off the bench where other guys have have been up and down to start the season. So I think he was kind of due for, for an off night from outside. The trouble with it is that his defense is still at a point where he can't really afford to go over six from outside, you know, because mm-hmm. then he's a full he's a full liability on the court. But he did, you know, he did stay with it and, and had some nice buckets inside. So not it's fine. He you know he had an off night. Plenty of other guys were hot. It was okay. Okay. Right. My, my next number is thirty two. Thirty two. That would be the number of times Frank Vogel let out this laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. No, it was the number of free throw attempts by the Hornets, and that's important because... Yeah. I think they they have to they still have to rely on the free throw line to to get some offense going but it really symbolized the fact and Steve Clifford pointed this out after the game too that they were able to get to the paint um, uh, pretty much at will and you know you look at points in the paint and they're not always representative of how effective a team is at scoring in the paint because it doesn't account for the number of free throws but the Hornets and they hit a lot of them. That's important. They've been I, I, their free throw percentage has been dipping over the past couple of games, uh, but in this one the percentage was eighty seven point five. So the Hornets yeah. will like they missed what three, four, four out of thirty two. Yeah, the Hornets will take that all day and all night. Got one more number for me? I do, I do, I do. <laughs> I don't know why not. I do. Uh, it's number thirteen. <laughs> Oh, uh, unlucky, unlucky number 13. Um, I don't know. I don't even have a funny answer for this because we got to get out of this segment. What's the, what is it? 13. It's actually a double up. That's a Spencer Hawes double, double 13 Ooh. points and 13 boards. Hey, 
you know, Spencer, Spencer is Spencer, but I'll tell you what, he's been important off the bench and he's provided some actual good play off the bench so far this season. So with guys out like that, I mean, that's huge. It, it is huge. And, and we know Hawes is going to Hawes. There are going to be some Hawes moments, but if you're going to come out and put 13 and 13 on a night, then, then you can Hawes it up. It's okay. Because, you, you know, 13 points, 13 rebounds, that's not unlucky. That's just, that's just good stuff. Okay, that's box score boogie, one of our favorite segments, David. I, I put it in the uh, the Locked On Hornets Hive Talk Live Hall of Fame in terms of segments. All right, let's awesome. let's get some questions from some listeners out there. We got one from Keith last night. I love this question. Where would you rate this game for Kimba Walker? Is it better than the 52-point game? Keith referencing Kimba's career-high 52-point game against the Utah Jazz, the Hornets' next opponent, in double overtime last year in the MLK Day matinee game. David, Kimba has had some stellar performances. First, was this better than 52 points in Utah, and where do you rank it in terms of we'll, – we'll just stick to regular season games here and not, and not count playoff games. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't put it above the 50 point game, Doug. I mean, I think 50 point games still hold a certain cachet, if you will, in the NBA. And uh, yeah, that's right. And so I think that's a that's a that's a high water mark for him. But this game was super efficient, and he directed the flow of the game. Like I don't know if we've seen him do that uh, over the course of his career, like he's doing so far this season. So this was a great game. Um, it was just such a blowout, and everyone played well. I think when you think of a Kemba game, it's it's, it's some of those games. Uh, you know, he hit the, the driving layup to seal it when he was getting all those buzzer beaters two seasons ago. Um, those stand out to me a little more than this one, but not to knock this one, Doug. It's, I think it's his most complete game of the season. I don't know if you remember this, David, but he was actually – Kemba was mad at himself after that game for making two bad defensive plays that kept Utah in that basketball game. That mm. sort of sent it. To double overtime, there were two lapses on defense for Kimba, and he was upset with himself. I'll say this: it was probably the best last night. Was probably the best I've seen him play in terms of a complete game. I mean, ten yeah. assists and one turnover. And and as I said at the top of the show, he was moving and shifting the defense. I mean, he was parting the the Pacers C. He was uh, doing things that, that I haven't – just a control. I, I said on Twitter he had them on marionette strings. I mean, he was commanding in a way that, that I haven't seen him. But not his best game overall, not a complete game. Uh, I, I think, you know, he didn't even get to play in the fourth. That, that hurt. It was like right. a lot of those Steph Curry games we saw last season. Could, could Steph have, you know, gotten 60 or, or 80 in a game? Probably, but he didn't get a chance to play in the fourth. Um, I look back at that 52-point game. I like that one above this one. But how about two nights later, on the road against Atlanta? Or, yeah, uh, no, excuse me, Orlando. Two nights, two nights later from that 52-point game against Orlando, he puts up 49 assists and gets the clutch rebound and full-court layup to give the Hornets the go-ahead points. That's something this game had missing. It didn't have that clutch element because right. part and to be fair part because Kimball Walker helped put this Pacers team away early also last season in Charlotte versus Sacramento it was not the miracle after midnight but 
The Hornets still needed a miracle, down nearly 20 points to begin the fourth quarter, and Kimba scored 21 in the final frame to get the Hornets to overtime. He ends the game with 39 points, six assists, five rebounds, and three blocks. So that, to me, is definitely a better complete game than this one against the Pacers. But again, it was probably the best I've seen him play in in the minutes that he was playing, just not the best game if that makes any sense and i'm sure there are some Mm -hmm. games that we are missing so tweet us your thoughts on kimba's best game at locked on hornets final question here david before we get out of here Dwayne has a question and a comment he got this in right at the buzzer i checked this this morning Dwayne asks what's the latest news and timetable on the return of of roy hibbert and jeremy lamb and here's the comment in my opinion i think it's time to start running sets for Cody Zeller. Well, first on Roy Hibbert, it's it's still day to day. We'll get a news update today on on his status for Wednesday, but it seemed like Steve Clifford was hopeful uh, at practice on Monday that they could, or excuse me, practice on Sunday that they could get Roy Hibbert for Wednesday. Uh, so keep an eye on uh, Locked On Hornets on Twitter for that information. Uh, but Jeremy Lamb, Steve Clifford said he's still a ways away. So the, he's due for a revaluation uh, sometime next week. So we may get some news then. Uh, but it sounds like Jeremy Lamb could be out uh, for more time past that. And and on the Cody Zeller thing, David, I think I think I've got good news for Dwayne. They are running sets for Cody Zeller, and you saw it last night. Uh, Cody and Kimball Walker, especially early on, very involved in pick and roll, and, and that was that was by design. I mean, they saw something in that Pacers defense and they were running plays to get Cody Zeller rolling to the basket. And more importantly, they were finding Zeller and, and he was able to get some uh, early buckets. Yeah. And we've talked about Batum and Zeller and, and the chemistry they have uh, getting going. And as Nick continues to be aggressive and Cody stays in there, you'll probably see some more of that, but just an overall thought on that, Doug, we mentioned, you know, Dwayne asked about Cody we mentioned the MKG uh, deliberate offense to start the game. I mean, so that's good to see. And especially for MKG, you know, that's going to be big. They're going to kind of need that from him. If, if teams are going to try and hide a defender on MKG, he's got to make them pay like he did last night. If he can, then they're out for you know a few more of these starts, I think. Yeah, and the one thing that holds back Cody Zeller from running more sets for him is that his mid-range game, and he missed a few last night, still yeah. not there. Uh, that's the that's the final right. level that he has to get to consistently knocking down that mid-range shot for the pick-and-pop type plays. If the Hornets are going to continue to call his number, that will be very key. But he played a great game last night, and, and I think the Hornets will continue to run those pick-and-roll plays for Cody Zeller because he's converting. He's finishing through contact, by the way. Let's talk yep. about that. Yep. Those were plays he didn't finish, and whether it's you know gaining extra weight or just experience, he's finishing through contact and, and uh, you know, unless it's, uh, I think Aaron Brooks grabbed him by the arm and almost threw him to the ground. Um, but, uh, you know, he gets the fouls. He, he's converting free throws, or at least he did last night. So positive stuff there from Cody Zeller after signing uh, that extension. Okay, big week ahead for the Hornets. It's almost, it's sort of like uh, a video game. They're having these little mini boss fights before traveling to Cleveland on Sunday to play the Cavaliers because they, they get by the Pacers. Uh, now they've got the Utah Jazz, a young team. Gordon Hayward's back in the lineup. George Hill, kind of a question mark at this point in terms of injuries. And then they go to Toronto, or then Toronto comes to Charlotte. 
And, and that could be a big one. That's going to be sort of your uh, two, three, four Eastern Conference matchup. And then you play the final boss fight, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. So it's an exciting week of Hornets basketball. And we're going to be here all week and next week to help get you through it. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets, as always. If you have a question, by the way, tweet us at Locked on Hornets or email buzzbuzz at at LockedOnHornets.com. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. And like us on Facebook so you can get those free tickets to Hornets Hawks November 18th, facebook.com forward slash Hornets. We're back again tomorrow. We'll have a show in the morning breaking down uh, some more. And, and we'll have a preview of the Utah Jazz game, and we'll break down some more from this game against the Pacers. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. If you haven't voted yet, get out and vote. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? Don't blame it on caffeine. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long lasting 10 year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.